0: Welcome to the Learning Can't Wait podcast, a FullMind production. At FullMind, our vision is to ensure every child has access to an exceptional education. Each episode, we will be joined by pathfinders within and around the education space who are bringing about transformational change on behalf of deserving students. I am your host, Haley Spearbower. Welcome back, everybody. Today's Learning Can't Wait podcast episode, I think, has an unmatched guest, just an incredible force and energy. You may have read one of her books, you may have listened to her podcast, or you may know her from the classroom. We have Shakira Langley, published author, millennial teacher podcast host, and classroom teacher with us today. Shakira, welcome.
1: Hi, Haley. Thank you for having me. It's good to be here.
0: It is an incredible honor to have you on the podcast. I am a super fan. Once I learned about your podcast, I am a super fan of it now. And maybe I think the folks listening that have did all not already know about you will be as well by the end of today's episode.
1: Oh, I hope so. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) I know. So Shakira, I gave you the heads up that I always ask the same first question. It's kind of philosophical and woo woo, but I like it because it gets people to digging deep to themselves. So the question that I want to ask you to start us off is how did you come to be the personal and professional version of yourself?
1: Ooh, when you said it last week, I had some time to think of it and I was like, wow, that's deep. Like I got to go all the way back, but when I think of like personal and professional, I feel like the two intertwine. And for me, it was like a lot of trial and error. So um, I think it started like, you know, you go to college and you're like, okay, like, I wanna do this, I wanna do that, but how am I gonna get there for most people? Or um, the other way around is just like, well, I've, I wanted to do this since I was born, like this is my passion, but that's not my story. Um, I never wanted to be a teacher. Um, it kinda, I always say like it like flew into my lap, and it's, I definitely think it's a calling, but um, I went to school and for a while I was a general major. I'm almost like, girl, what are you gonna do? And then I was like, well, nurses make money. So maybe let me try nursing. And so then the program was down. Now I was just like, you really don't know what you're doing. And so I was like, well, I do like kids and I do um want to work somewhere in that field. So let me try psychology and um, like working with children on the spectrum or with different disorders. And so um, study psychology and I liked it, but I didn't fall in love with it. And so like all throughout college, it was like a up and down, like, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be in school, but like, this is not really filling me. And so, um, like figured out who I was in college, like my voice and like who I am, like my style and this, that, and the third, but like that professional piece still wasn't there. And so my senior year, I was at every job fair you can think of. And they had a teaching residency booth. And I was like, well, let me see what that's about. And so that's how I fell into teaching. And the first year still was like, hell, if I can be completely honest, like, I went through the program, and I wanted to be the checkoff teacher. I wanted to be the teacher that they named in the book, and that still wasn't working for me. And so, um, I was like, "Look, girl, you you got to figure something out. Like, this is not working." And so, when I flipped the switch from making it feel good to wanting to look good on paper, that's when the first the professional and the personal intertwined, because I fell in love with the work, I fell in love with the students, and then I fell in love with the actual craft. And so that's how I'm like, almost in nine years later in education. So trial and error for me, for sure.
0: What I love about that answer is the implicit nature of failing that is so a part of the process of discovery. Mm -hmm. You know, you think about scientists, scientists don't succeed every time they do an experiment. They fail right. and they learn from that failure. And I, there's so often the stigma of not knowing everything in our society. Like you have to be an expert you have to, in yourself, in your profession, in your career. And you just like kick this podcast off with some real vulnerability mm-hmm. of trial and error, which has this implicit nature of failing. And I love that.
1: Thank you. I just kind of feel like, especially like in my generation we just want to look good on paper and look good in person but deep down inside some people are really struggling and I did not want that to be my story and then especially like the line of work with teachers we want to be perfect because you know we have 16 or more children look at us and then you got that that um that buzz in your background like you're leading the next generation but and that in itself is heavy so I wasn't going to carry that and then not be like emotionally Happy, so I had to figure out the two, and I am not afraid to say that I failed. And I feel like from beauty uh, from ashes becomes beauty, so that's what that's what happens.
0: I'm just I'm like I'm kind of speechless because <laughs> the way you speak about why it's important for you to be in it both mentally and physically is I think what makes teaching so challenging. It's not just about you; it's about these these babies these humans in front of you whose education is really in your hands and their future is dependent on the teacher that's you know that is the the challenge of education when you look around given you've been in this profession for 9 years what do you notice helps other teachers persevere through the challenging times like you've named for yourself how you've gotten there but what do you see as a collective when you yeah. look around
1: i like i'm like a more of an observer and so like when i see like new teachers come in and they're like oh i don't need help oh i got this and then we get in the thick of it and then next thing you know you get a knock on the door and i'm still famous for doing that nine years later i still knock and ask Ask. it's just like you have to come to a point where it's like i cannot do this work by myself and i think that's the problem like some teachers crash and burn um, I always say like closed mouths don't get fed. So if you are drowning, there is somebody out there with the life vest to help you, especially in education community. We are all fighting for the same goal and same purpose. And I feel like that gets lost when you have data and then you have tracking and then you have the achievement gap. And then we got the superhero cape and you're just trying to play hero, but girl, like you, have, you can share, share your powers. And I feel like that's what makes us better teachers like if you don't ask you don't receive and so i think that's the problem like most teachers we're not asking for help we're trying to do so much work but you need help like this is a school and itself is, is a community so you can ask the parents you can reach out to your students you can reach out to your neighbor you can reach out to your administrator um there's there's too many avenues for you to sink so i think that's the problem like if you don't ask you don't get help
0: yes <laughs> yes. Well, and, and it's hard. It's hard. You you don't want like you said earlier, you don't want to be a failure. You don't want to be messing up. But you're right. The best way to avoid that is to be telling people, hey, this is what I need. Mm-hmm. Advocating for yourself so that you can help your students. That's hard for some folks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I know because like I'm a I'm a talker. Like I don't have a no issue like knocking and putting my pride down to the side. But for some people, it's just like, I don't know how to do that. And that's fair too. But you, I just feel like, wouldn't you rather ask instead of sink and drown and then like, regret like living regret knowing that you could have done something you should have done something but you didn't so I feel like there's different ways like I'm vocal like I can say it out loud like maybe you can send an email um it just depends on like who you are but I feel like regardless of how you your needs need to be met it can be done so I think that takes a lot of like soul searching too
0: You know, we're naming here that the onus would fall on the teacher themselves. But I want to call out that the way you and I met is actually because you were involved in a mentor-mentee relationship with my Mm -hmm. colleague. Shout out to Amy. Amy. (laughs) So let's talk. That's a proactive strategy. A school that you've worked in, and actually schools I've worked in, have to ensure that teachers have a direct line of access to somebody to support. So what did that look like for you? What did you get from that? How are you implementing it today? Let's just talk all thing mentor-mentee.
1: Yes. First of all, shout out to Amy, because let me tell you, I did not know what I was doing. And it just like, like I said earlier, like coming from the residency, like over the summer, granted we were still learning as we go, but like over the summer it's like, okay, like, the the cocky in me was like girl you just went through a whole crash course you got this but when that first child walked through that door and parents was crying kids was crying and the biting started i said what is happening when i was teaching to the wall last week they didn't tell me that all of this was gonna happen You're Like nobody was crying but me last week <laughs> but me but now there's 16 other people and there's right. parents and i got we gotta teach these kids how to read and write so you gotta figure this out and so i feel like immediately it was just like look you this woman is here to help you. She has been, she's done it. She's doing it. And either you're going to sink or y'all are going to learn how to be a partnership. And so Not immediately, but it had to happen. Like, I'm not going to say it was a forced friendship, but it was like, look, you need the help. I am here to help you. So, like, don't be afraid. And I kind of feel like she, like, took charge, which I didn't know that I needed at the time, because, like, straight out of college, I'm like, okay, well, like, I'm ready for the real world. I can do this. But I did not. I could not do it. And so I had to learn how to take the back seat and learn her style and then learn like the teaching techniques and then learn the kids and the community and put it all in one pot. And that's how eventually I became successful. And honestly too, it was like, this was, it was too much. And so at one point in time earlier, like during that school year, I was just like, this isn't for me. I'm just going to ride the wave. I was on indeed.com every day, Mm -hmm. but something hit me. I was like, you got to make the best of it. So I asked for help. She sat down with me. There were nights that we did not leave that school till like 645, seven, or even when like she left, I would go to class. So it became like, look, this is your work wife. This is going to be your longtime friend. This is your partner. And so I wanted to have an experience where I just learned how to take the backseat and learn. Cause if not, it was going to be hell for me, for her and for the kids. Cause if you think about it, like you, you are at work more than you are at home with your family, um, with anybody else. And so I wanted to not be miserable anymore. So I took the back seat, I learned from her. And then eventually like, we like knew each other. We knew like some, and then I eventually, it was like, oh, well, you're good with Marley or whoever was in the classroom. And so we just like piggybacked off each other. So eventually it became like, okay, just sit be still. And then it's like, I'm going to slowly pull you in. And then I was able to soar at the end of the year. So it was just about learning how to listen and just be okay with not knowing like you're a teacher. Yes, but you don't know everything. So that was, that was a piece of humble pie.
0: (laughs) Well, listen, and again, this is In education, you know, you said yourself, you still like to learn, and this is all about learning. You know what I really appreciate too, though? You have an episode of the podcast called Just Wanting to Teach, and the Mm -hmm. tough part about teaching, I think, is all the things that go with it that are not just teaching. Yes. You and I spoke at length when we first met about the politics of teaching. So I want to talk to you about, I mean, you're still in the classroom. You're still doing the incredible work of educating hearts and minds. And there's a pretty, pretty public political dialogue is a really generous term. We're going to call it a dialogue, dialogue about the way we teach, what we teach, what physical materials can be in front of children in parts of this country. Mm -hmm. How is that playing out for you in your brain and in reality?
1: Ooh. Okay. So I feel like politics and education has many layers specifically because like we have so many, I feel like there's power and there's privilege in education. Like we have the power to like, and make creative spaces in our classroom. But at the same time, there's like someone There's the media who is down our backs. There's um, different things that we have to consider when we look at all students, regardless of um, gender or religious background, ethnicity. And then you have just standards. And so the power to like have the creative space kind of gets like shadowed at times because it's like, you wanna do this, you wanna do that, but I can't offend this person. I got to tread lightly with this, but then I still got to teach and um, I got to, I got to figure out how to meet the needs of all learners. And so I think everything just gets lost in translation, especially millennials. We're trying to do it all. Like we want to, in our words, stay woke um, and we want to, you know, like just have a whole new way of education, but Sometimes that can't happen, sadly. So in my personal brain, I feel like it can all be done. But then when I think about like, look, this is still, this is your profession, like this is your career. You have to be mindful of everybody and everything. And so I think it's hard for the balance being to stay easy um, in the middle just because there's so many other factors. So can it be done? Yes. But to a certain extreme, I just think that's where the power comes into, because like there's so many people over us. So, yeah, we got that privilege, but they got the power. So I don't want to flip the switch every time somebody comes in my room. If I want to do this or that paperwork or read this or that book. I don't know if I'm going to get a phone call on my way, driving home from a parent that's angry. I don't know if I'm going to get called into the office the next day. So the privilege and the power, it gets mixed. And I I think that's where we're like running to a lot of issues and still like the news is highlighting, you know, we're all leaving, but we're also too, still all trying to do the work too. So it has to be like a happy medium. I think that's the biggest issue right now. If I answered your question.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's such a big topic. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to quickly segue, so we'll pin this for a second, but for me, when I, when I think about you and how you've created this platform and space on your, the millennial teacher podcast to talk about some of these politics, right? Your last episode that aired in July was on anti-racist education. Yes. You've now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like it feels to me as if you have found a place in a space to address some of the politics outside of the four walls of your classroom.
1: Yes. And that is what I am more proud of too, because even though like that hold is still on me inside the classroom, this community, like what the work that we're doing, other people need to hear it. And so as long as it's being said, I feel like that's the biggest part. Like you can't say that we're not trying, you can't say that we're not fighting, but it is being said, it is being talked about and we're not going to erase it. And so, um, I think that's why it's just so important for parents to listen to because we can only do but so much, but you can reiterate what you hear and what you see. And I am a firm believer of like a whole child is not just you got your standards right you passed your test like you need to know when you walk out that that building life is going to hit you hard especially children of color um you do not play on a, the same level as everybody else so you need to be aware and as your teacher i can present that to you in a kid friendly manner and the job as a parent is to like you know let you know as well so Yes, the community, the shared spaces. I feel like we can do that work.
0: Do you have parents tuning in? Your parents? I do.
1: Tell my, me all I, about
0: that. What I, is their reaction? Oh, so, cool! That I didn't even realize that. That's
1: yes. I I um, looped with my class of two years ago. Um, so I taught pre K four and I taught kindergarten. The whole class looped with me. And one thing about me, like when I say I'm big on parents, I will hunt them down. But I'm also like, I'm sending you text messages, like I'm calling you, like we grew a bond. And so um, randomly, one little girls was like, my mom um, got your book. And I was like, huh? So it was, a, it was a workbook. And I was like, how does she know? She was like, she listens to your show. And I was like, how did she know about that? And so I randomly get a text and she was like, Hey, I just want to let you know that we've had a bond before. But when, um, she was like, not going to lie. I Googled you to see you try to find your Facebook. But then I saw your podcast link and I started listening to it. And she was just like, I'm filled with a lot of tears and emotion because as a parent, I didn't know like the hard work that you guys were doing as educators. And then, you know, like you said before, I highlight. Uh, a lot of hard to handle topics like from therapy to counseling to anti-racism she was just like as a black parent trying to do it all it just feels good to hear a community that really advocates for children she was like not only are you my child's teacher but you're advocating for them and she was just in awe and so it took me back because I was like oh my god like this is what Teaching should be like this is a community, and so it gave me chills to know that it was like I was still reaching outside of the classroom. So, from the kid to the mom, it it was just amazing. It was amazing. That is
0: so cool. I love that story with (laughs) so much of my heart. So, can you obviously, we're talking a lot about the podcast. I said I wasn't going to just like skip over it because we're talking about a very, very big and heavy topic, but I think it'd be cool for the listeners on this podcast to hear. Why did you start like I know what it's it's evolved clearly, but why did you start it and how is that how has it evolved? The
1: pod, Yeah, the I, this goes back to your first question, like personal professional. It started from trial and error like that residency year. I lied to you not. So it was a whole bunch of us and I like befriended a few girls and we would come over and we're laminating, cutting, gluing, crying or laughing, trying to get it all done. And I just remember telling them like, y'all, we all have the same issues. And I wouldn't have known y'all were struggling if I didn't say it. And then you were, and you guys like, oh, my gosh, we we're thinking the same thing. And I'm like, we're just sitting here complaining about the work, not only just like the labor part, but everything else that comes with it. And I was like, closed mouths don't get fed. And I was like, I hate when it, to this day, it just makes me cringe. When people are like, you're a teacher. Good for you. Like what, what's that even mean? <laughs>
0: like like smack yes, in the face if I've ever heard one.
1: And I'm just like, first of all, the work that I do is not a pity job. Like I will never understand for the love of God, why we are just thrown under the bus and just ridiculed anyway
0: ridiculous it is is like utterly ridiculous
1: and so I was like I want to create a platform where we elevate teacher voices because I was like I don't have all the answers this is my residency year I'm drowning you guys are drowning we need help and I was like we're not the only ones who feels like this and so I said it to them um, like just want to elevate teacher voices and then when COVID came about and when The world went crazy and they were making jokes out of virtual learning, but they also were like, I will pay my child's teacher a million dollars to come teach. I was like, Here we go. Like, this is the time. We finally got our moment. So let me start it and elevate our voices while we're finally getting recognition. So it literally came from failure. Like, I was miserable. I was drowning. And so were the people around me. And I was like, This has to stop. Like, we got to figure out how to elevate teacher voices because we are doing such good work and it's work from the heart. And I hate when people say, well, you guys know what you're getting signed up to get paid for. That is out of our control. That is out of our control. Cause the work and the love and the passion and dedication, there still is no dollar amount to give us what we are rightfully owed. So it was literally just about elevating our voices. How
0: could it evolve? That's so cool. I love the origin story. Has it you've remained true for my for my listening you've remained true to elevate teacher voices that has been really important to you throughout mm-hmm. what are you like as you look forward what are you hoping to capture in the next like year of creating this podcast?
1: Oh man, so right now it has afforded me so many opportunities um like we've had some public figure representation um charity events I was like on my local news but now it's to like I'm not going I want to and then the my apparel line I don't know if I spoke about that but it's called tips for teachers apparel and um it's basically like another form of elevating teacher voices so on the sleeve it has like a a little note that says just keep moving forward and so like I would say that to myself on my down days and so i put it on a sleeve. And then I put tips for teachers, one, to elevate voices. And two, like it just goes to show like the overwork and underpay that we do. So not only am I doing it elevating teacher voices through the podcast, but through the apparel. But eventually I want to, you know, create a space where we can just come together in community and whether that's vent, whether that's learn from each other and just like, um, bigger networking opportunities and make our voices louder, whether it has to be politics or whether it just has to be help or whether we just, we just need to be in community and be quiet, you know? So it's just all about like, just, spreading and making the community just bigger and bigger because sadly the education system is on a merry-go-round, but it it takes like a lot of work that you and I do to keep it going. So I'm just trying to keep it going. And wherever it takes me, God willing, I'll take it and run with it.
0: Shakira, I am so inspired by you. I, you know, yeah. I have the utmost reverence for teachers. I always have, always will. Uh I have deep, deep, profound respect for the way you think about educating children, the whole community, parent involvement. It's very, very moving to hear how you articulate that and to know how you at a a level of of involvement of creating your podcast, creating your apparel line, writing books, like that's just, it's you inspire me very, very.
1: Thank you. I appreciate that. It's good to hear because you know, we get swept under the bus. So when people enjoy education, it just gives me a second win. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And what I hate to do is to wrap up this podcast. But, but I we're we're about at the time when we have to do that. So I think this is the perfect last question for you. And you've answered it in different ways and places throughout this episode. But my my forever last question is: What advice would you give a teacher starting their career?
1: Ask for help day one. I don't care if you need help. Put it up your bulletin board <laughs> for help. Amy will be the first to tell you. I couldn't even put the door together. Y'all are like. I just feel like day one, we're so ready to learn and just be that Mary Poppins teacher. No, mm -mm, no, you have got to ask for help. And to this day, like I said, nine years later, I am asking for help. And going back to the co teaching me and my partner now, we can literally read each other. Like all I have to do is look at her. And so number one, ask for help. Um, cause Nine times out of 10, somebody in that room is waiting for you to ask what they're thinking. Um, Again, closed mouths, don't get fed. Your partner is with you for 10 long months. And if you don't have a partner, you have help and you have a community. If you are new to an area, um, I'm a Southern girl. So when I went to DC, it was a whole new world for me. And I knew if I wanted to make an impact, um, not only in the classroom, like I had to go out in the community, I had to learn about it. So if you're new to an area, definitely take the time out to learn about the community, learn the people there, and then bring it into that education space. I think that's more important before you, um, those first six weeks, like community, help, safe space and then like I just feel like it's smooth sailing from there yeah that's that's it and like you are not alone like don't try to be the end-all be-all because we are in a community and we're here to help and we all got a common goal to have the kids succeed so you're not alone ask for help and it'll it'll pay off and it's okay to cry it is okay to cry
0: Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. <laughs>
1: it's okay I feel okay like cry, but, yeah, yes, that, that's a great way to end. It's okay to cry. It's okay, it's okay to cry, but it's okay, but don't rob yourself of your peace, your joy, your happiness. Way, yes. Yes. Totally.
0: Oh, Shakira, Brilliant. 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 I am so grateful you joined me on the podcast today. Before we say our goodbyes, do you want to plug your book, your podcast, and your apparel?
1: Yes, sure. Short time,
0: just for folks to wrap it up.
1: Yes. So I am Shakira Langley. You can find me at Shakira underscore on Instagram. One day you might see me out with my family. The one day you might see education strictly millennial teacher for sure. I'm not going to hide that. Um, if you have children from ages three to five, you can find my book. It's a children's workbook. I'm on my way to pre-K on Amazon. And if you want some trendy teacher tees, you can go to tips for teachers apparel and get you a hoodie, crew neck, um, tote bag, and make sure you just tag and follow me and be sure to subscribe to the millennial teacher podcast. Amazing. Thank you,
0: okay. Amy. Yes, Shakira, I'm so so grateful you came on the podcast, and I thank you to Amy for introducing. Yeah, me. shout out to you, Amy and Shakira. Thank you for being an absolute light. I appreciate the joy you bring to education. I, as you named the the media, is very back and forth about education and teachers, and and light is important here. This is very very valuable work, and you are doing a fantastic job of both sharing your joy, and sharing the important conversations that need to happen in and around the classroom. So thank you for joining the the Learning Can't Wait podcast today. Thank you. Thanks to everybody who tuned in today. Thanks for listening to the Learning Can't Wait podcast. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and share this episode. Be the first to know when we have a new episode by subscribing wherever you listen to podcasts. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a suggestion for an episode, email us at podcast at fullmindlearning.com.